Jai Swaminarayan, Om Namo Narayanaya, Namaste, welcome back. My name is Pramanandas Bhagat, and I am here every week asking questions of ourselves, discovering God, helping spiritual seekers to find God, helping folks get reaffirmed in their faith, and discovering the world that Sri Krishna has placed us in as its caretakers, but also those for whom it is meant for our enjoyment. And also having no fear. That's, that's a theme that runs through a lot of my videos. The world is a very dark place. It seems to be becoming darker and darker as the days go on. It certainly gets more confusing. But the light of the Lord will keep us without fear if we truly believe because the Lord is with us. The Lord never abandoned us or is not laughing at us or is, or is gone. There is light there. And if we have faith, that light will be in us and the world will not fall into darkness. Will you please join me now in saying the Gayatri Mantra as we ask for the prayers for this show. Om Bhavasvaha Tatsavita Varenyambago Dimahidyo Yona Prachodayad. And may the next show, next hour, whatever it is, be blessed with wisdom and insight and inspiration. I would now like to read from the book Living Dharma by the great guru Sri Dharma Acharya, founder of the International Sanatana Dharma Society. This is a wonderful quote which sets the tone for what we'll be talking about today. The quality of life must be the foremost of all concerns. Everything else in matters of governance, economics, and social issues is secondary to this all-important quality of life directive. The overriding question that any good government or social system needs to ask is, are the people of this nation actually happy? The answer to this question in almost every nation upon this earth is that people are miserable. Thus, most governments have failed. The time has now come to replace such failed governments with governments that will actually take their mandate to secure the people's well-being seriously. Such governing administrations can only be governments that are guided by the principles of Dharma in their policy making. Mm. Jai Shri Krishna. Imagine that. Imagine a modern government based on natural law or dharma. Some may say, well, the country of Bharat, India, tried this and it didn't work. But the world is very different now from when India was trying it. It would be very interesting to me to see how that might play out in, let's say, Congress or the White House in America, and I'm speaking about America in today's episode, what would it be like to have somebody sitting in a position of power 
over this country who follows Dharma, who follows the Bhagavad Gita, who follows the tradition of 5,000 plus years of the Vedas, who is not Judeo-Christian, who follows the influence of Bharat. I would love to know, because personally, I think we've tried the other thing, and it's had some success, no doubt, but we're also finding some brick walls. And I think it is time for a little bit of a refresher to add some salt to the equation. They bring out the taste to, to try a new ingredient, see what happens. I don't think it can get any worse. I think we're going to that direction. We're going to that darkness. I think things can get better. And I would love to see what would happen if someone came into the White House who is not your typical president. What would happen? People say the same thing when uh, Hillary Clinton ran. Well, let's see what it would be like to have a woman president. I agreed with them, but I didn't think Hillary was the option, but I agreed with them. What would it be like? Well, there is a candidate right now who has declared himself as running for president. He's the dark horse candidate, and I'm quoting Dr. Jordan Peterson in that label. He is the long shot. But I really like the guy. And his name is Vivek Ramaswamy. And I am officially endorsing him for president, though my voice means nothing. And I'm a nobody. I'm just a guy on YouTube and Spotify and and Anchor Podcasts and BitChute and working on Rumble. Plug, plug. <laughs> but I like this guy. And I gave him some money the other day. And I would like to see him become president or build up his reputation and at least get into the media and get in front of people and offer them some new ideas. Because sometimes, sometimes the, the thing is we don't need these folks to necessarily become president for profound changes to happen. For example, the great Ralph Nader, Mr. Environmental, how many times has he failed at becoming president? I've lost count. <laughs> Was it five times or something? And while he may have been a great president and we lost out on something, what he has actually done has been profound because he put a message in front of people that people needed to hear and he got the message out there and he built up his name and his reputation and he got out there. So he may not have been our leader, but he has made dramatic changes by putting himself out there. I think uh, Ross Perot also had an influence on us. He didn't become president, but his message of, you know, don't trust the government. Here's a chart for you. It was a message that people needed to hear. Ron Paul, his message has gone far and wide. And I think absolutely has been hugely influential. And when you look back, it'll be a part of the, the grass movement movement of this country. Ron Paul didn't win, but we need his message. We need the message of Dennis Kucinich. We need the message of uh, Bernie Sanders. We need folks to send their message out. Tulsi Gabbard is another one. Maybe these folks should have won. Maybe they would have been better than who we had. I don't know. Hard to say. It's almost impossible to say. But sometimes just having them out there is, is important. I think 
Vivek has a message that America should hear. And it's more than just politics. It's more than just, you know, this is what I believe and whatever. I think he has a message as a first generation Indian American uh, Hindu that people are excited by, that are they're interested in. This is one of the things I regret with Tulsi Gabbard, who I really like, but she kept her religion kind of down low. She spoke to it in generic terms. She talks about Jesus. She talks about other things. And I see a lot of Christians going, oh, she's such a great Christian woman. No, no, Tulsi's not actually Christian. And I wish she had put her religion more out there. There's reasons why she didn't. Because I saw so many people online who were like, wow, it's a Hindu. Wow, it's somebody different. Wow. Somebody sexy. Wow. I mean, there was just a list of wanting so much more that she could have given. And Vivek is very open. He talks about being raised, him and his brother, in a family where his parents came over from India. I forget where in India. And he talks about being Hindu. He's very open about it. I think I've seen one thing where he even referenced the Gita. He doesn't say too much because, look, most Americans probably have not read the Bhagavad Gita or they're not really familiar with what. Hinduism means, or Sanatana Dharma, the, the term most of us are preferring to use now. They don't really know what's going on in Bharat, India. They don't know the politics of India. They don't know anything. If I said RSS, Modi, they have no idea what that means. So he, he doesn't push it out there. But some of us feel that even a little bit, even a little push, the fact that he wasn't raised Christian or Catholic or Jewish, the fact that he was raised from a different point of view is so valuable. And I would like to see that in the White House or at least see him push his message out there. And vice president be fine, too. I think he has a lot of stuff that Americans would love to hear. So I am officially endorsing him as president. And I encourage you to check him out. There's a link down below to his uh, official campaign website. And check it out if you want it. It doesn't give a lot of detail. There's also a YouTube page, which is really good. And there's a Jordan Peterson interview down below. If you have two hours, listen to this interview. You will walk away thinking that Vivek is a philosopher. And you will think to yourself, and this is what I thought. I'm listening to Dr. Peterson. I'm listening to him go back and forth. And I'm like, oh, my gosh because these two guys are really smart. And Dr. Peterson is one of our greatest intellectuals. And I almost had tears in my eyes at times with things they were talking about. And I walked away feeling if Vivek was president, it would be like having um, Socrates as president. Or um, who's the, the Chinese philosopher? I, I knew the name before I started the show. Uh, now I'm totally blanking. It would be like having a philosopher as president. We've had everything else. We've literally had everything. Else. We've had generals. We've had actors. We've had millionaires. We've had lifetime politicians. Have we ever had a philosopher? Thomas Jefferson might be close. He was a great philosopher. Say what you want bad about him. He was a great philosopher. One of our great early thinkers. Vivek reminds me of that. It reminds me of bringing someone who is who's philosophically profound and very intelligent. The other thing I really liked about this interview is at the end of it, he says to Dr. Peterson, call me out if I'm wrong. It's not his direct word. I forget what he directly said. He's, he's like, um, challenge me. Um, make sure I'm on my game. 
Who says that? Who says that? Can you seriously imagine Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or, or anyone getting on a show and going, if I mess up, call me out? No, they're pretty much always right. These folks are always right. But Vivek is humble. He's like, no, I might mess up. Call me out. Please do. Touch base with me. Make sure I'm doing what I should be doing and what I want to be doing. And Wow. Who says that? Well, a lot of people do. Actually, a lot of politicians are humble, but they don't win the presidency. <laughs> Dennis Kucinich is one. I, I'm reminded of him. He's he's pretty humble. He he doesn't he didn't win. He's a cool guy, but you know, there are a lot of them are. Uh, Lamar Alexander was someone I used to like. Who I haven't paid attention to in a while, but I like his humbleness. But um, they don't win the presidency. But I I don't know. Things have changed. Maybe he could. I hope I hope something happens. I really like him. Now, if you watch this channel, you know I like talking politics, but this is not a political channel. I am not looking like someone who is here to talk politics. I'm here to discuss spirituality. And so whenever I talk about politics on this channel, I do so in a spiritual context. Thus, you're not going to see me ranting about Tucker Carlson leaving or or what Donald Trump is doing, whatever. I'm here to discuss things that I can give a spiritual feeling to. And when I found myself converted to Vivek, I had a spiritual moment. And I wanted to share that spiritual moment with you. In my last episode, I discussed an ethical question about being wrong when it comes to spirituality. And I opened my episode saying that if you don't get anything else out of this, get out the idea that we should always be self-aware. We should always be asking ourselves questions. We should always be probing our ideas and looking at our thoughts. Sort of a quasi-abbreviated jhana yoga approach. We're always being rational. because. We may fall into habits, we may get into comfort zones, we may get into ruts, and that means we distance ourselves from ourselves, for lack of a better term. We close parts of ourselves up and we lose the self-awareness of who we are. And when we lose that, I believe we lose our ear to the Lord. My name, Pramanandas, means devotee of the Lord. That's how I see myself. And that's all this channel is. It's just giving, it's just a puja to Sri Krishna, Lord Vishnu. And so I'm always asking myself questions so I can always keep my ear open. Because if I'm not honest with myself, how can I be honest with Sri Krishna? Who wants honesty from me? How can I be real in my relationship with the Lord if I can't be real with myself? And... So I, I ran into a hurdle of not being real when I discovered Vivek. <laughs> and I said something to somebody, and I realized instantly what I had said was against my own belief system. I will detail that more in one second, but I want to read a quote from the great Swami Vivekananda, which sort of details this conundrum. And I was actually reading this the other day, and it, it just so perfectly fits. So I want to just read a small quote from Swami Vivekananda from a speech he did in, sorry, I totally blanked on the year 1895 in New York. And the 
speeches called the four tongue-tied first step towards Jana. So he says, there is no question of believing, disbelieve everything. That is the idea of the Jani. Believe nothing and disbelieve everything. This is the first step. Dare to be a rationalist. Dare to follow reason wherever it takes you. We hear every day people saying all around us, I dare to reason. It is, however, a very difficult thing to do. I would go 200 miles to look at the face of a man who dares to reason and to follow reason. Nothing is easier to say and nothing is more difficult to do. We are bound to follow superstitions all the time, belonging to family, friends, humanity in general. The fact is, very few people reason. You hear men say, oh, I don't like to believe in anything. I like to grope through the darkness. I must have reason. And so that man reasons. But when reason smashes to pieces things that he hugs unto his breast, he says, nope, nope, stop there. Because the reasoning is all right until it hurts his ideals. That man is not a Jani Yoga. That man will carry his bondage all his life and his lives to come. Again and again, he will come under the power of death. Such men are not made for jhana yoga. There are other methods for them, such as bhakti yoga, karma yoga, or raja yoga. But not jhana yoga. Jhana yoga can only be followed by the boldest. That's a profound thing. And I think, I think if you think about it, you see that all around you. People are always saying, I believe this and I believe this and I believe this. But then they back up. They go, oh, well, well wait a minute, wait a minute, because it hits my comfort zone. So here's how I discovered Vivek. I had been paying a little attention to who was declaring presidency. Donald Trump, obviously, uh, President Biden, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who I think is really cool. I, I saw that. And I said that to somebody. I said, oh, oh, and uh, who was that? Oh, Marion Williamson and a couple other people who I'm forgetting right now. And I said to someone, oh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is declaring his presidency. And wow, this is kind of cool to see a Kennedy <laughs> with the same name as someone who ran for president. But he's actually a really cool guy. And this person was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. He's really neat. What do you think of Vivek Ramaswamy? And I went, he's a businessman? I really know nothing about him. Uh, I know he's declared, but I, I seriously know nothing about him. I know he declared his thing on Tucker, and I used to watch Tucker sometimes. Uh, then I said, and this is the key phrase, I said, well, he's Indian. You know, I love Indian culture, and he's Hindu, and I'm Hindu. So I'm kind of interested. I'm, I'm totally interested. I want to see, I want to see this guy. And, and already he's kind of got my support because we both believe in the same thing. As soon as I said that, I went, oh, what have I said? I have said that his ethnicity and his religion are the two important things about him and that I'm willing to support him because of that. 
Now that sounds good on the surface. I, I, I have already said at the beginning of the show, I'd love to see someone who supports natural law and Dharma achieve great things. Absolutely. But by saying this, by making this statement, I literally stopped being rational. I went against this quote by Swami Vivekananda. And I went against my own belief system. And, and this was the kicker, I went against Vivek's platform. What? You're going like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's insane. It's not. And it boggled my mind. But let me take a drink first. Hang on one second. So I want to read from his platform, which I have linked below. Excuse me. Sorry for the big finger in the middle of the screen. So he says on his website, embrace merit over identity politics. He says, MLK was right. We succeed in America, not on the color of our skin, but on the content of our character and our contributions. He goes on to say some other things. Um, restore free speech. The best idea is when, when no one is censored. When no one is censored. And sorry, touch screen on my laptop. <laughs> Live screaming an earthquake. I know. Anyways, um, I I didn't realize I'd be moving the camp the computer when I hit it. So my lack of foresight there. Anyways, I agree with that. I agree with him when he talks about identity politics. I think identity politics is destroying America. I'm 46 years old, or I will be in less than a month. I believe, and I was raised to believe, that you shouldn't see color. All men are equal. All women are equal. All men and women are equal. We're all brothers and sisters. Today, I would say we're all brothers and sisters coming from Lord Brahma. We all come from the same source. Don't see color. I see a man. I see a woman. Tell me what they do. Tell me what they think. Tell me what they believe. The color doesn't matter. When Obama ran for president the first time, I said, I am not a Marxist. I had a point in my life where I was, but I'm not anymore. I don't follow Marxist beliefs up until a very small limit. The essence of Marxism, yeah, I, I can groove on. We should all be equal and all that. They're, the essence of true Marxism, as written by Marx, has some great things in it. But I generally don't follow that when it comes to my politicians. So I didn't want him as president. And I was informed, like many others in this country, oh, you're a racist because you don't like black men. No, actually, I was dating a black man. Just Sorry, not a black man. I was dating a black woman just recently. And I'm working with a black man in in some theater that I'm doing. Actually, I was the one white guy in an all-black and Hispanic theater group in Harlem at the time. And I was looking at working with some more black men in a couple theater productions that I was going to be directing on Malcolm X, on uh, Bud Powell and Thelonious Monk, and also on um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh, I've forgotten her name. The woman who Eleanor Roosevelt was maybe a lesbian lover with. Black woman. I was going to be doing that. I have no issues with blacks, whites. Known many of them. Worked with them. Loved them. Had nothing to do with race. It had only to do with politics. I just didn't agree with Obama's politics. End of story. The guy might be awesome. The guy might be really cool to sit with. I think he has a good sense of humor, believe it or not. Had nothing to do with race. But I was accused of 
being a racist. And that was the beginning of the change in American society, where now suddenly race matters. And now in our schools, we teach race, race, race. If you're white, you're evil. If you're white, you're horrible. You're white, you're whatever. I wasn't raised like that, and I don't believe that. But that's what's happening to us, identity politics. If you're a woman, if you're a lesbian, if you're a non-binary, if you're trans, if you're this or whatever, it's all about your identity. So my identity is as a white middle-aged man. Therefore, I am the scum of the earth. No, I don't think so. I think I'm doing a lot of good things in this world. Don't let this do anything for you. See, I also lived for three years in Japan, where there is no identity politics. First of all, women really aren't equal to men. <laughs> and the foreigners are such a small minority, they don't really matter. And there are no gays and lesbians. I knew a couple gay men and a couple, uh, one lesbian, and nobody knew that because they would get fired from their jobs. Um, one of them has since become a TV star, uh, actually. So times have changed, but still, there's no real identity politics there. So that's what I'm coming from. So when I see Vivek talk about he doesn't like identity politics, I'm like, yeah, I totally agree with you. Except when I said to my friend, Oh, I support him because he's Indian. Isn't that identity politics? Oh, I support him because he's Hindu. I know nothing about him, because I, but I support him because of the color of his skin is essentially what I said to my friend. And I went, that is the opposite of what he says. And it's the opposite of what I believe. But yet, how easily did I fall into that? How easy did it come out of my mouth to go, he's Hindu, he got my vote didn't even matter what he believed. He's Hindu. End of story. There's Hindus I disagree with. Absolutely. There's Iskhan Swamis I don't like. I've mentioned them on this channel. Not by name necessarily, but I've mentioned them in roundabout ways. There's other folks I disagree with who share the same beliefs. That's life. But yet suddenly I played right into identity politics. And as soon as this hit me, I went, ah, I have literally gone against my own belief, his belief, and what Swami Vivekananda said. Does it make sense to you now? So what did I do? I started watching interview with Jordan Peterson. I started listening to stuff on YouTube. I started reading stuff about Swami Vivek, not Swami Vivek. I'm sorry. I was about to say Swami Vivekananda. Vivek Prabhu there will come out with that live stream, no editing, off the cuff. And I started investigating him and I eventually realized that, okay, yes, I like the guy because he's Hindu. I like the guy because he's Indian, but I also agree with him politically. And that now I feel, okay, I agree with him politically and everything I've seen, I'm really jiving on. I tagged his books in Amazon. I want to read them. Um, I think I've seen them referenced in like news, but I've just never paid attention. But now I'm interested in reading them. Uh, so I want to pick those up. And now I want to investigate further. So I'm basing my like of him on his politics, not his skin color. And I think he would approve of this. As I said at the beginning, if you watch this Dr. Peterson interview, you'll walk away feeling that he is a, uh, 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 I'm totally blanking now. What did, what, what did a philosopher? I'm still trying to think of the guy in China. <laughs> uh, 
Confucius, that's his name. He, that's what I thought of, Confucius. For me, Vivek feels like we would be electing Confucius to government, and that would be awesome. I think he would approve of this, because if he is saying to Dr. Peterson, please keep me on top of what I'm saying, I think he would approve of me coming to his support going, wow, I've had a moment of realization due to him. He, yes, I support him, but he has, I think the philosopher in him would appreciate the way I've now rationalized that, okay, I, I, I was momentarily going against what he supports and myself, but now I'm going to research more and now I'm going to look into more. And now I like the guy because I, I was out running last night because I'm training for a marathon and I had YouTube videos running through my, my headphone as I'm running my, my 5k or whatever I ended up doing. I forget. And so I was listening to stuff of his when I got home from work to try to realize, like, I, I don't want to I don't want to fall into this. I, I'd be willing to say, yes, he's Indian. Yes, he's Hindu. And, oh, I'd love to have it. But he's not the one I support. That would be OK. But no, I do. I support because I, I researched. But it was such a profound moment to realize that I was falling into this trap of just saying whatever and going with it. Here I am, someone who's always encouraging others to question and to debate and and pushing jhana yoga and and being self-aware. And yet, how easy was it for me just to say, yeah, I support him just because of race, even though I'm against that and he's against that. How quickly that could have just passed by had I not been kind of tuned in for whatever reason and paying attention to what I was saying. And I see this all the time in politics. People always say things that they they maybe don't believe. Or I, I think this quote by Swamp Vivekananda is really valuable. Uh, and, you know, I see this so much. Folks come up against the brick walls and they back off. But I had a it was a, it was a real profound little moment for me, a profound spiritual moment where I find this guy. I really like him. I, I support him. He's being endorsed by me. Pramanandas, author, YouTuber, Vaishnava, Swami Narayan, Sanatana Dharma follower, devotee of Krishna. Yet in following him. In wanting to discover who he is, I had a spiritual moment. It just it just struck me. And I thought he would appreciate that. Not that he'll ever hear this. But it was like, that's the message I think he was trying to put out. And that's the message he's trying to give to people. And he's he wants people to wake up and realize and 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 see what happens. It's just so easy. We fall into these traps so much. We become so comfortable. And it's not just in politics. It's all around. And I want to give one more example, and then we'll bring this to a close. So a few years ago, I had the opportunity of writing a book. It's called In the Shadow of the Gods, The Memoirs of a Led Zeppelin Tribute Singer. So this is the story of Gene Violent, who sings in the band Kashmir. And there's Gene right there. And we connected up, and he would talk to me every week and tell me stories, and I'd ask him questions, and then I created his memoir out of this about his career of building up and starting in New York and then being in a band based out of Japan and and touring and and having an opening for like Quiet Riot and then having his entire career fall 
instantly, instantly collapse. And then rediscovering himself through a Led Zeppelin tribute band, singing songs by a band that he actually didn't like growing up. And what that happened to him, like how he reconnected with his sister who loved Led Zeppelin and all this. And it's it's this little little story we wrote, inspiring story. I wanted to write a memoir of a rock musician that wasn't sex, drugs, and look at what I did and who's the famous person I've met, blah, blah. No, I wanted to write something real and he wanted to send a message to the world. So it's a mixture of his stories, my words. And um, basically we met and in one phone conversation, I was like, yes, I'll work with you. And I had literally the entire book in my head, <laughs> how it would be ordered and structured and anything. You can find this on my website, link down below. Anyways, there's a story in this where he talks about um, he was sick at one point. I, I think it was at the beginning of COVID. So the band actually kept performing during COVID. They would do drive-in theaters so everyone would be in their cars and he'd get like 700 cars there, 700 people or however many cars that is. I forget now. I saw the photos. It was amazing. But their performing did you know, go down because they're weekend warriors. And he was telling me that at one point he got sick and he went to the doctor and the doctor said rest. But at the same time, you know, you got to get your voice and train your voice and you're, you're going to want to do some the vocal work here. And Gene told me that he'd been singing these songs by Led Zeppelin since year 2000 when the band formed. And as he was working his voice, he was putting on the recordings by Led Zeppelin and something was off. And he started to remember that there had been shows that he had done and yet they didn't gel in the way that he hoped they would. The audience didn't respond quite like they hoped. Funny feeling was left with him like something's off, but what is off? And he couldn't figure it out. Was it a band member? Was it something they were doing? Because they try to recreate, Kashmir tries to recreate the live experience of Led Zeppelin. Well, he's listening to these recordings and realized that he had, uh, excuse me, sirens outside, live recording next to a window. <laughs> uh, he was no longer singing what was on the albums that Robert Plant had originally sang. Gene had naturally, just over time, changed things or forgotten things. He, keys had changed. Big moments that went up didn't quite go up as much. Uh, parts that were really hard to sing, he'd lightened up, made them easier to sing. And it's just, you're performing something so much that he didn't even realize this. And he wasn't paying attention to his singing. And outcome of the story is he actually got better, but he put himself through a training. And not just did he get better with his health, but he actually became a better singer because he started changing how he sang, going back, studying, realizing all the mistakes and realizing why shows had failed because he had failed to achieve his goal, which is to be Robert Plant vocally on stage. And he had gotten so comfortable and it worked, wasn't any problems with it. Even if the audience is iffy some nights, yeah, that's the way these things go. He'd stopped being self-aware and that lack of self-awareness was hurting him as an artist and not connecting him with this place that he wanted to be, which is a really good Robert Plant imitator, essentially. Certainly looks the part. And uh, so he had to reconnect 
And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. Sometimes we have to reconnect with ourselves and we have to be aware and we have to go back to a place that's hard. We have to go back to square one to make sure we're where we should be. Because we get to a point where we, we feel we've developed so much, but sometimes we lose. And when I said that, hey, I like Vivek because he's Hindu, I had lost something. I had lost the inner feeling of my spiritual beliefs and my social beliefs. I was not following jhana yoga. I was going against my feelings on identity politics. And I just, yeah, it, it was a moment of like, like Jean, I had to, I had to stop and, and figure myself out because I had gotten there and yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting moment and it, it may not be as profound in your view as it was for me, but let's just say I appreciate having that moment from Vivek doing this interview or that he didn't even know was going to happen. It just, it just, it was good to have a reminder. Now, even though I got that reminder, I'm still endorsing him for president because I still think he's a good guy and I still agree with all of his politics. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I just, you never know when these moments will happen and they're really important. So if you're going to take anything away from this, take away that you need to always be asking yourself questions. You need to always be self-aware. You need to always sort of be a little bit the watcher of yourself, the observer of yourself, because it's so easy to just start falling back and being comfortable. And as he said to Dr. Peterson, keep me abreast, keep me noticed, you know, talk to me every so often if you see I'm going off, because if I'm losing myself, then I'm losing the message that I want to present as a presidential candidate. And uh, I think that's a good message. If that's the only message he gives out, that's a great message. Be aware of yourself at all times. Be aware of your thoughts because then you'll grow. And that's what the point is, to grow or to find happiness as in the quote that I read at the beginning. Anyways, I'm going to bring this to a close there. Uh, if Vivek should ever see this, sir, I would love to speak to you. Feel free to reach out to me. Look at my website. Watch the other videos I've done. 20 minutes. Sir, I'd love to talk to you about your religion, about what it means being an Indian. Uh, I don't know if you come from a traditional household or not, but I would love to know how that affects you and what you're bringing to the table and also to talk about God in a way that other folks may not ask you about. And I want to know, and this is a question I would love to know, and I would ask you this one, what can we in America learn from India? Bharat. I like to say Bharat. What can we learn from Bharat? Because Bharat is changing and it's changed so much since Sri Mahatma Gandhi was alive. And it has so much more to go. And I think most Americans don't have a clue what's going on over there. Uh, I would love to know if there's anything we can learn from that. And I'd love to talk with you if you ever had the opportunity or if you should ever see this. Anyways, if you don't, you have an endorsement of one person and you had a moment. So thank you. Thank you, sir. And I wish you the best. And I wish all of you the best for watching this. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to this channel, um, every week I talk about spirituality, 
Sanatana Dharma. Sometimes I talk about other religions too that are just interesting. I, I want everybody here to find God. I think it's the greatest thing ever, knowing God. If you're a spiritual seeker, God is out there. Um, if you need focus, I'm showing you one tradition that I think can give you that focus. Uh, and that's what I'm doing here. If nothing else, this is just a puja to God. This is just a way of honoring God every week. And I get to talk about things while during the week I read the old scriptures, which might be 200 years old or 2,000 years old or 5,000 years old, but they are so relevant for today. It's mind-boggling. I've yet to find a script. Well, maybe one or two little things, but for the most part, most of what I read on this channel is so relevant to today. The Dharma and Sanatana Dharma and the Vedas and all this is just like, this is literature we should all know. So that's what I do here. You can find this show broadcast after the fact on BitChute and Spotify and Anchor Podcasts. And I'm working on getting it moved over to Rumble. It's supposed to be automatically uploading videos, but as of the other day, it wasn't doing so well. So I might have to slowly upload that, but I'm trying to get over on Rumble. And uh, links down below to Vivek, his website, the interview with Dr. Peterson, and also my website, because I'm a writer. And well, yeah, you know that already. But this is one of like many books I've done. Most of them on music. Um, I do have some fiction coming out soon, and so feel free to come. Uh, feel free to look at that, comment, like, share, subscribe. Send me a private email if you'd like. That's down below too. And with that, I would say thank you for watching. Please come back and join me again. And uh, may you be blessed. May you be well. Blessings to you, Vivek Prabhu, and your family. Jai Shri Krishna, Jai Shri Swami Narayan, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.